Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. Googling for things can be tricky. If you don't get the spelling just right, even a simple search for a hot dish recipe can have, well, let's just call it unintended results. Fortunately for you, we've made it easy to search for plumbing, heating, and air conditioning services in these twin cities of ours. Furnace is now spelled BWS. So when you need your furnace worked on, just type in BWS. It couldn't be easier. All your choices will be narrowed down to a company that knows how to keep your house cozy all through the winteries. What about plumbing and air conditioning? Also spelled BWS. Don't you just love living in the computer age? BWS Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning is your best choice, and we're easy to find. Just remember three little letters. BWS, it's BWS. Couldn't be easier. Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, where the countdown just ended and the podcast has begun. I'm Dave Young, alongside Stephen Semple, and uh, we're talking about uh, empire builders, people that uh, have grown a business uh, category, all of those things, in, into an empire. And as we do, Stephen whispered the topic to me just before the countdown started, and it's uh, it's kind of a seasonal thing, and it's poinsettias. I actually know a bit about poinsettias. Well, you see, this is the part. It was almost like I wish I had started the recording ahead of time. Because when I sent it to you, you were going off on <laughs> the person's name, and you were starting to give a bunch of the history. And I'm like, geez, what does Dave, what does Dave not know? <laughs> I actually stumbled across the guy's name. I was thumbing through a book in the Wizard Academy Tower. For those who've not been at the tower, there's like 10 million books in the tower. Well, I happened to be looking for an old book we're sort of keeping an eye out for and um, picked up this old book that looked, oh, it was old, and it was a history of, I think it was an Andrew Jackson biography. And there was a bookmark, a little piece of paper tucked into the book on a particular page, and it said, this is the guy Poinsettias are named after. It's, a, I think, a guy named John Poinsett that was that somehow is written about in this book. I have no other information other than that. Like, I looked at it. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, yeah, it would make sense. It's named after a guy named Poinsett. My other tangent knowledge of Poinsettias is my sister and her husband owned a greenhouse for a long time and grew Poinsettias every year. Sold them. They wholesaled them. Uh, all over the state of Nebraska. Oh, is that right? Wow. Okay. There's a yeah. billion dollars worth of these plants sold a year. It's pretty amazing. And as we all know, it's almost become symbolic of the holiday season, mm -hmm. certainly here in North America. And much of yeah. it was developed by one guy. It's really quite amazing. And it's this Mexican shrub, really, is is what it is. And it was first used in the 14th century by the Nahua, probably. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, people for a dye and medical purposes. And the plants, you know, brilliant leaves were so revered by the Aztec Emperor Montezuma that thousands of them have been transported to these high altitude mm. capital mm -hmm. every winter. And after Spain colonialized Mexico, 
Franciscan monks dubbed the plant the flower of the blessed night and began showcasing them in annual Christmas processions. For the next few centuries, it was popular in Mexico, but kind of obscure to the rest of the world until, and it wasn't John, you were so close, last name was right, Joel. Okay. Joel Poinsett. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he was this wealthy Southern Unionist slave owner who in the early 1800s was appointed the first U.S. minister to Mexico. So while in Mexico, he actually tried to execute the purchase of Texas, which made him you know, a little unpopular in, in Mexico. So on a trip in 1828, he saw the plant and was so struck by it that he shipped samples back to the U.S. And the plant became mm-hmm. known as Poinsettia, and it made its public debut in the U.S. at a flower cool. show right. in Philadelphia. And by the end of the 19th century, it was selling in markets in the U.S. But there was a challenge. The plant was short-lived. It wilted and was hard to ship. It yeah. really only lasted two or three days. Then everything changed in 1900. A German immigrant, Albert Eck, decided to open a health spa in Fiji. And on his way to Fiji, he stopped in L.A. and decided to settle there. Never made it to Fiji. <laughs> He set up a dairy farm and a fruit orchard, and he also sold cut flowers as well as poinsettias. And by 1909, poinsettias were selling so well that they basically became the focus of his business. So in 1920, his son, Paul Eck, took over the business and moved the business just south of San Diego. And in 1930, the Plant Patent Act was passed, which allowed breeders Mm. to protect their creation. So he registered dozens of their creations. And they actually acquired a prize breeding technique from an amateur German gardener. And this became a massive protective secret that resulted in larger, fuller, hardier plants. And at the same time, they started to heavily market the plant as the premier Christmas decoration. They sent out free samples to Women's Magazine. They got on the primetime shows like Johnny Carson. Remember Johnny Carson would have like just this whole huge background. And by the 1990s, they were selling 500,000 of these plants. And at the peak, they were 90% of the market at one point. And then it got reverse engineered by John Dole. Competition flooded the market. And they declined to 50% of the market. And then in August of 2012, they sold to the Agriporo Group. Interesting. Yeah. So that's basically the arc and also the reason why, as you said, the tie-in to John Madison because Poinsett was appointed as the U.S. ambassador to Mexico. Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. Nice one. Thanks. We should do this more often, man. I wish we could. And why can't we? It's my business. What about it? Thought everything was good. It was. Do I hear a but in there? Sales have started to flatten and we're down over last year. Oh. Can't figure it out. Tried a bunch of stuff. Putting in more time doesn't seem to make a difference. Yikes. It's frustrating. Have you spoken to Steven? Who? The host from the podcast we just interrupted? No. Why not? I thought you were trying stuff. I am, but what's Steven going to do? 
He'll work with you for free. You mean that starter session thing? Yep. I don't know. What do you have to lose? Not much, I guess. So, you gonna book one? Yeah, why not? Where do I do it again? I think you can do it right from this podcast. Cool, thanks. You bet. We really should do this more often. Golf more or interrupt this podcast? Over to you, Dave. Book your starter session on this podcast's website. Just visit theempirebuilderspodcast.com and click on Get Started. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. Now I feel like I need to talk to my sister to find out. Were, were they part of growing the original, or uh, were they part of this uprising competitive edge that stole half the market? <laughs> Reverse engineering. <laughs> yeah. But it's pretty cool when you consider, like, they got up to 90% of the market with this version that they were able to create and protect for a long period of time. One of the biggest benefits of my, my sister and her husband growing poinsettias in their greenhouse operation is that traditionally, you know, a, a greenhouse operation in a place like Nebraska, you're, you're going to do spring bedding plants and some uh, perennials, annuals, annuals right? The, the plants that you buy and you plant and they die and right. now yeah. next summer you have to buy more, right? They don't come back every year. The poinsettia is actually a perennial, but nobody, nobody treats it as such. And because you just, after Christmas, the leaves stop turning red because it's a seasonal thing. The leaves aren't always red. And what it gave them right. was another crop to grow in an off season, right? And something that you could sell for enough money to heat your greenhouses in the winter, right? Because I don't remember the exact number, but my brother-in-law shared his gas bill with me once and showed it. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, in the in the middle of Nebraska, in, a, in a, you know, October, November, December, as you're growing these plants, you got to keep these greenhouses hot. It was beautiful. Like the greenhouses, they would do tours. Like people would come from a long ways away just to wander around in the greenhouses during poinsettia season. Oh, it would have been spectacular. And they mm -hmm. grow actually as a tree in Mexico. They, they they're, can get uh, quite large. Yeah, which they grow I had, wild in California. I had no in, idea. In, in LA. But here's the thing I thought that was really kind of interesting about it is they were growing this plant. They saw the change in the legislation, which allowed them to mm -hmm. further improve the plant and protect that secret. But... You know, they really worked hard to grow the acceptance of that plant as yeah. a thing for the holidays. You know, they sent it out to women's magazines. Somehow they managed to get on, you know, a decoration and the Johnny Cart. Like they just, they pushed it out there and they used, like today we would talk about influencers. But they leaned into that. Here's these things that are influencers. And, and as I said, at a point, they were 90% of the market. And whenever you get to 90% of the market, sure. you always know you're at risk, right? Like somebody is going to look at it and try to dethrone you. But to me, it was interesting that they not only improved the plant, but it wasn't yeah. just, hey, we're going to make a better plant. But it was also they worked hard to get it out into the popular culture. And make everybody that wasn't in a place that you could easily just walk into a store and grab a poinsettia wish they could, right? So all over the country, you're watching The Tonight right. Show, and, right. and now you wish, ah, gosh, those are beautiful. How do I get one here? And so uh, that opens the door for, for right. people like my sister and brother-in-law to take advantage of that, right? I think it's kind of cool that they saw the opportunity to say, mm -hmm. um, oh, okay, people want this. Guess what we have that nobody else has 
near us. We have greenhouses that all we have to do is heat them and, and uh, keep the water running and, and take care of these little baby plants for a few months before the big Thanksgiving rush. And um, we've got a crop yep. that we can make some serious money on in the winter time. So really cool. And I just felt with uh, the holiday season upon us that this was a yeah, fun yeah. just to talk about poinsettias. I love it. Thanks for sharing that one, Stephen. All right. Thanks, David. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review. And if you have any questions about this or any other podcast episode, email to questions at the Empire Builders Podcast dot com.